Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional. Truth be told, this is Dr. Walter Aka. Dr. Kradock, as always. Yes, and we got an excellent guest here. This yes, is Dr. We're very Jack. excited. Yes, Dr. Jack Mackinac. But he's an excellent guy. The reason why he's a pediatric dentist, and he's going to educate us today on basically taking care of kids, right? Very and that's important. something that I don't do. I don't do well. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend. And thank God we have someone like him that's going to be able to help us out with that. This is true. Right. So, I, I mean, this is, it's funny. We had a lot of, you know, uh, parents that got excited when they found out that he was coming on because they gave me tons of questions to ask. I, I'm one of them. I have, I have a little two-year-old at home. And uh, so I have questions and I'm a dentist. So That's right. Uh, so yeah. I'm excited be, to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. No, nah, man, no problem. So please give us a little background about you and yourself and, 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 and where you came from and how you got to be a pediatric dentist, something that I will never be. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Dr. Jack McInch. I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, West Coast, about an hour south of Tampa. Most people know where Tampa is. Sarasota is a smaller town. But so I grew up there. Uh, my dad's a pediatric dentist, so I've kind of been around the pediatric world my whole life growing up around that. And uh, then went off to college at Florida Golf Course. Many of them, many people know that school from when uh, – we were the Cinderella story in the basketball tournament, oh, Dunk yeah. City. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. And uh, so I finished college there. So I went off to college thinking, you know, maybe I'll go to dental school. I grew up around my dad, and kids would come back to school and say, oh, I just saw your dad today, and they'd be so happy to bring back their prizes for something. And I was like, that's going to be me when I grow up someday. So <laughs> college went well, and I definitely enjoyed the sciences, shadowed some dentists, and I was like, yeah, this is something I want to do. Ended up applying, uh, landed at University of Florida Dental School in Gainesville. And when I was there, I went into dental school with kind of open mind. You know, I knew I was interested in pediatrics, but I liked a couple areas as well as oral surgery, pros. Kind of hung around different departments, and I figured I really enjoyed working with kids. So I ended up applying to a pediatric residency, uh, and I ended up going to a program through University of Florida that's in Naples, Florida. So it's not their main campus. It's okay. a program down in South Florida, in Naples, Florida. We basically treat the uh, Mockley population, which is a migrant farming community. Oh, oh wow. Um, okay. so a lot of Spanish. So I learned a lot of Spanish. Do, so you, yeah. do you speak Spanish? <laughs> I speak pretty good Spanish. Okay, Entiendo I, I más don't. lo que hablo. Oh, listen oh, that. See? Okay. Double. It, there you we know, go. I say puedo ir a <laughs> you know, that's what I say. Uh, <laughs> Respect. Uh, I but, thought coming out here in Texas, I'd speak a lot more Spanish, but you know, about one patient a week right now is uh, at the community we serve. Not too many Spanish people. Every once in a while, I get to get back in my Spanish ways and have some fun. I, I noticed in Texas they they pronounce Spanish words uh, incorrectly all the time. What do you mean? Like uh, there's a, a street uh, named I would say Ella. Mm-hmm. They say it's Ella. If I say Aya, they look yeah. at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I need you to go ahead and put that uh, Texas Tex-Mex twist to it. Oh, okay. I mean? I gotta you know out. where you are. Okay. You know where you are. Come on, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I said, I speak, I say Puerto Yobano. That's all I got. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're very excited to have you because you're going to answer all the questions that we can't answer yeah. when it comes to parents asking us questions, right? So we'll, I think we'll jump right into it. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot for you, and we hope that you're patient with us. 
Absolutely. Um, but the first question is, you have a little baby, you know, I have a little baby girl now, so I can kind of attest to this. So you got you to gotta kind of tell me, when would the first appointment be for a Absolutely. little kid? So what I recommend as well as the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry is that uh, parents take their child to the dentist uh, by age one or when they see their first tooth. So whichever one comes first. And the reason for that being is we want to really get a child in at a young age and educate the parent on prevention. It's not really that, you know, we need to get in there and do a bunch of treatment or anything that young. We want to really educate the parent and try to prevent cavities in children. That's what we really want to do. So So if we can get to them at a young age and educate them on how to prevent cavities and set them up for success, then everything would be a little bit better. So one years old, I mean, they only have, what, like three or four teeth maybe? Yeah, possibly. So there's a huge range. So, I mean, there's charts and it tells you eruption dates and exfoliation dates of teeth. But especially now practicing for a couple years, there's such a big variation in that. And parents are coming in like, oh, you know, I looked it up online and my child doesn't have any teeth yet and they're 13 months. You know, sometimes you see large variation in the uh, eruption times and when kids get teeth and when kids lose teeth. Um, but yeah, only a couple teeth at that at that age. So it's normal if a kid is one and doesn't have teeth at all. Yeah, sometimes we see that. Yeah, oh. and sometimes right around their first birthday, you start seeing them. And they'll start coming in pretty fast. You hear that, parents? Don't panic when yeah. your kids. <laughs> don't my my resident, my co-resident, actually in residency, he's got a couple kids, and he's like, "Man, my, you know, my son doesn't have any teeth yet." And then right around his first birthday, he's like, "Oh, he got his first teeth." And so you know, yeah, we learn all these things, and then they came in, and he's <laughs> like, "All right." So I mean, I guess the question I have is, you know, how do you make the first appointment go smooth, right? I mean, parents are nervous. You know, exactly. They're, they're taking their kid for the first time to somebody that they may or may not even know, right? And it's a so, new environment for the parent and the kid, too. That's so right. it's, a, it's a big experience. So one thing I always recommend is uh, for the kids, at, for the parents at home to, to practice brushing. Uh, so introduce the kid to the toothbrush. Try to make fun. If they want to play with it at that age, that's fine. Let them play with it. Don't make it some, some daunting task or anything. Let them play with the toothbrush. And the biggest thing is try and lay them on their back. So what we do during my first visit is we explain to the parents how we want how we want to uh, them to be brushing at home, and uh, what we has, ask them to do is pull up two chairs together so you're facing uh, mom and dad are facing each other and their knees are touching. And you basically make a dental chair out of your legs, and one of them takes the child and gives them a hug and lays them back into the other parent's lap. What it does is it gets the child used to the sensation of being laid back on his back to get his teeth brushed or his or her teeth brushed, and it's a pretty vulnerable position for a baby to be laying on their back and people looking around in their mouth. So if they can get used to that at home, if you're by yourself, you can just lay down on the couch, lay the child's head in your lap, and brush your teeth that way. For two reasons. One, it gets the kid used to laying back on his back for the dental visit. Number two, they can the parent can see everything that the dentist can see. Now, one of the biggest things when parents come to see me, they don't usually see the top back teeth. So when we see something going on back there, they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen that. So if the, if the child's head in their lap and the head's tilted up, they'll be able to see everything much better. Mm-hmm. So at home, to make the first visit go smoothly, I would say work on laying your child back. Some parents have also told me laying them down on the changing table to brush their teeth works really well too. So getting them that used to that sensation of a toothbrush and the foam of the toothpaste in their mouth, as well as the vulnerable position of laying back, I think would really make the first visit go smoother. That's okay. a good tip, yeah. So the mom or dad, you know, mostly moms, because I feel like dads don't really do a good job. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Bro, let's it's be honest. We burp. I, we, dads I, give me a I, bad rep every no, day. Though, we we burp. Look, all I do is burp my child. That's literally, and I change. Burp and change. I'm, use, I'm useless. Oh. I'm very useless right now, so I, I, I can be honest. I brush with my teeth with my daughter every every day. She, it's it's fun. I she I give her the toothbrush and she gnaws on it, and then after that, I just kind of try to do a little uh, detail after that, and you know it's fun. I feel she like you're it. just trying to impress Doctor Jack. 
You are. I'm proud of you. You get a gold coin for today. Better parent than you. God, what a kiss ass. Anyway, let's be honest around here. Um, but so when it comes to toothpaste and stuff like that, right? What size do you, would you recommend? How do Absolutely. we get kids to start brushing and everything with you know the toothpaste size? So as soon as you see that first tooth coming in, we want you to switch to it. We want you to use a fluoride toothpaste right away. So there's a lot of toothpaste out there that are branded towards children, whether it's children's toothpaste or training toothpaste or stuff like that. They're all fluoride free. So the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry, American Academy of Pediatrics, we all recommend using a fluoride toothpaste as soon as the first tooth is in there. Um, but you're right, the amount is what's really important. So for a child ages zero to three, you want to only be using about the, uh, a grain of a size of, um, a grain of rice size of toothpaste. It's okay, tiny. Really yeah. small. Wow. You'll be surprised how much it, it lathers up on the teeth and foams up and gets plenty of toothpaste, okay? okay. And then from three to six, we can bump up to about the size of a green pea. Um, and that's what's really important. Those are the size amounts that won't cause any systemic effects, but the fluoride is ingested. Because at that age, that's what you're worried about, them swallowing all the toothpaste. So if they did swallow that at that small amount, there's not going to be any systemic effects. So let me get this right. Initially, there is no fluoride in the toothpaste that you give them. In the time. training toothpaste. In the training toothpaste, correct? Right. But by the time we see them, we hand out fluoridated toothpaste. Do we don't hand out any non-fluoridated toothpaste in the office. Okay, and that's the pea size. Mm -hmm. So for, can you give me the age range again? So for zero to three, we okay. recommend a uh, size of a grain of rice of toothpaste, okay. fluoridated toothpaste. Okay. And then from three to six, you can bump up to a size of a small green pea. After that, it doesn't really matter. You can still stick with a small amount of this. You don't need a big lump of toothpaste on there. But at that age, the children can uh, spit and they're not going to ingest as much toothpaste. Oh, if, if a child was to ingest some of the toothpaste, I get mm -hmm. this from a lot from parents. You know what? What should they do? Is it is it something that they should be scared of or worried about? Or? So not really. I would definitely stick with the small amounts. But okay. yeah. So what you what you can see is you can see what's fluorosis, and I'm sure you all see that a lot in, in adult dentition. And it's some it's uh, during the time of the calcification and formation of these permanent teeth, you can see um, de extra deposits of that fluoride, and then so you have like a white spot on on the permanent tooth. And that's where it would come out. Now, luckily, there are ways to treat that, and more and more uh, treatment modalities are coming out. And I'm sure you guys have heard of the Icon resident infiltration mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Ex uh, explain that, please. So, resident infiltration is a new, relatively new treatment modality as a conservative approach to treat white spots on teeth. And essentially, what it is, it's a series of etching of the tooth to open up all the pores in the tooth. You're basically desiccating the tooth and then filling it in with a very flowable resin to uh, disguise that white spot. So there's obviously varying degrees of severity with fluorosis and the permanent dentition, and there's also varying degrees of treatment approaches from conservative to more aggressive, such as prepping the tooth. Okay, so it's kind of like basically having a pothole and filling that pothole to the level. Exactly. Okay, cool. That's good. You had a question, right? That's so great. a question I get a lot from uh, my parents uh, when they bring their kid in the first time is, how do I know if I need to see a pediatric dentist or a GP? Um, and usually I tell them it, it depends on what the, the, the child needs um, for just preventative measures. Um, you know, I think you can see a general dentist, but in most cases where kids have cavities or issues, um, the main thing I don't want to do is traumatize them. So I'm going to give it, <laughs> I'm going to refer those patients uh, to the place where they can be best, uh, best cared for. So Absolutely. What do, you, what do you think about so that? I, I like to see all the kids when, when they're really young. Uh, up up until they get a little bit older, later mixed dentition, and then if they're more comfortable seeing their general dentist, the one that their whole family's seeing, then then I'm okay with that. And I I work with general dentists now, 
and uh, we work really closely in the same office and and we can share knowledge with each other and, and inform each other on things to pick up on and I think that's kind of the best way so if you have a good relationship with a pediatric dentist and talk with them about certain cases or what to look out for in kids then then that's good too I think that's the best way to go about it but especially specifically when to see a pediatric dentist or general dentist I would say that the the younger ones definitely should go to a pediatric dentist in the beginning and that's really what's recommended, especially for prevention and, and things to look out for and things that we can see. Specifically, the biggest thing is interproximal caries in the posterior teeth in children. If so, you, sorry, so basically cavities in between your teeth. Excellent, absolutely, right. cavities that's in between important. your teeth. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really see those. You don't, yeah. and it's the right. biggest thing. So one thing we really want to educate the general dentist on is taking posterior bite wings. So x-rays that show in between the back baby molars on the teeth at a young age. So once a child's cooperative and has the back baby molars, we do like to take bite wing x-rays to see in between those teeth at about age three. And that's something that a pediatric dentist will advocate for because sometimes you can look in a kid's mouth and say, it looks great. You know, they don't see any cavities in there. Their mom's brushing every night or their dad's brushing every night. Good diet, good hygiene. You don't see any cavities. You pull up the x-ray and boom, you see pretty decent interproximal caries between the teeth all over the mouth. And that's something that only x-ray is going to pick up. And if the dentist is not taking that picture and go undiagnosed for a long time and then you see larger cavitated lesions and progression of those lesions at an older age treatment becomes more difficult treatment becomes more involved and the kid could be in pain be missing school uh, so if, if the mom or dad doesn't take heed on what's actually going on and bring him in every six months what could have been a small little cavity now has become something more aggressive and now the kids are now in the situation where they're going to Absolutely. suffer because they have to do more, mm-hmm. right? And childhood cavities is the number one reason children miss school. Yeah. The number one reason. Wow. So, mm-hmm. I mean, back when I went to high school or when I was in school, that was not the number one reason. <laughs> we were playing basketball. <laughs> we played football. Oh, that, that was the number reason? one reason why we missed school because we wanted to be Michael. We wanted to be like oh. Mike, uh, right? like Mike. But now the stats are saying something different. I, I don't know. That that that's your house. My my <laughs> house. We we couldn't miss school. It was like your teeth are. You could you could deal with it afterwards. Uh, that's another issue. That's an, yeah, that's another story. Here's a question that I have, and, and and it's funny. I have a friend who was 19, almost 20 years old, and still going to their pediatric dentist. That's how much they loved him. So when do you say you're a grown ass person? <laughs> stop. That's a good question. You know, when do you say stop? Yeah, you're too grown. You're too grown. We get that. We get that a lot. Uh, So my dad works in a uh, prior practice, single location. He's he's the only doc there, and a lot of his patients, right before they go off to college, he does make that conversation and say, "Hey, you know, I think it's about time now that you know you go see a general dentist. I have a few recommendations to some people in town uh, that could take good care of you. It's a good transition." but you do see some of these patients coming back from their first year of college, and they're like, oh, man, I really want to go. They just feel company has been there their whole life. For me specifically, um, once the child has all their permanent teeth, and it's because I work closely with so many general dentists, I say, hey, you know, we have really good general dentists here that can better treat your, your permanent teeth and kind of certain things to look out for, just like you guys know better things to look out for in the treatment for those teeth. So I see kids so about age 13, 14 right now, okay. and then I make that conversation. Say, hey, I'd like to introduce you to one of the general dentists we work with here in the office and uh, kind of make it a smooth transition for the parents. Have you ever had a situation where they didn't want to go to the general dentist? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, how would you bring that? How would you have that discussion? Listen, Bill. Listen, Billy. You are... 34 years old. <laughs> you need to I stop coming time. to me. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> how, do you, how do you make that transition? Yeah, it's tough. You know, they've grown up with you their whole life. They, you know, they come in every six months. They have fun. You know, it's been easy. They're comfortable. They trust you. Trust is a big thing, as you guys oh, know, too, is. with your own doctors, mm-hmm. too. 
So there's a big trust factor. So I think if you know someone personally, you can make the introduction. Uh, they, uh, you've been sending other patients there, so you could say, you know, some of my other patients have been there, you might know them, you can speak with them and, and see how comfortable they are. I think that's really important. The one time we will see our patients when they're older is special needs. So I see a lot of uh, special needs patients until they're much, much older. Because as pediatric dentists, people don't really view us as this, but, you know, we see a lot of special needs patients, and we're comfortable seeing that. So we saw a lot in residency, and we get a lot of exposure to that, exposure that you don't just get in dental school. So I, I will see my special needs patients until they're much older. Talk to us about special needs. Yeah. I was, I was going to yeah. bring that up. Special needs, explain to us what that means, right, and then mm-hmm. why you are so um, educated enough to want to see this population. Right? Well, I think it really comes down to dental school. I mean, you guys all know is how much exposure did you get to treating special health care needs patients in dental school? Almost none. Yeah. So we're graduating a bunch of general dentists who just don't have the experience. Therefore, they don't have the confidence or the know-with-all to, to treat special needs patients out is you know you're comfortable with what you learned in dental school and then i will say though uh this is i guess a shout out to university of pittsburgh but we had a special need clinic that is awesome oh. and that was why i didn't want to be a, a pediatric dentist <laughs> not being honest right i felt bad i felt bad you I, found I, out what you were yeah, no no i was no very not, not not good at all right i mean you know i couldn't give kids a shot without feeling bad about it mm-hmm. you know i couldn't uh, take care of the special need patient without feeling bad Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's something, again, like I said, where it said, hey, we have this and I know that I'm not educated enough to teach or to help this population. So thank God, again, that you're there. Right. Okay. So, again, explain to us special needs. Talk about that. So and how- that's funny you mentioned that. Our My uh, my program, my residency program, there's a special needs clinic uh, in Gainesville, Florida, and, and we rotate through there as well. I wish they rotated more than dental students. As a dental student, if you desire, you can rotate there in your free time. Uh, but more of the residents rotate through and cover the clinic there. So special needs for me, again, I want to see them really, really early and really focus on prevention in these kids because it's it's very hard to treat them. Most times you can't treat them in the chair, so they have to be put to sleep, whether it's in a hospital. It must be the safest setting due to their medical conditions to have an anesthesiologist and then have be in a hospital with recovery room and everything is the safest way to treat that. So and so we try to avoid that. Uh, and if they do, we usually try to tag up a team. So if another doctor needs to do a procedure or something, we can tag team cases in a big uh, teaching hospital or something like that. But if you can get to these kids and these parents when they're really young and really focus on prevention and helping them, sometimes I'll see them every three months and really focus on catching anything before bad happens. You know, it, a lot of these people are on special diets too. Some of them are G-tube fed. Um, so there's a bunch of things you can really educate the parent on and focus on prevention. Some of them don't, say for instance, you have a special needs kid who wasn't getting weight. They're on these pediatric or high, high level sugar drinks. And, you know, it's really important for them to keep their child's weight up, but they don't understand that those drinks are causing rampant cavities. So when you say special needs, you're talking about mental retardation, right? Uh, mentally handicapped, handicapped or yeah. um, CP, cerebral palsy, autism, any kind of variation, even their varying degrees of autism. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and, and with that comes more, like you said, more uh, medical conditions that we have to take care of. Exactly. Right? And a lot of these medical conditions are dental-related, too, right. Down syndrome kids. With dental anomalies, you see variations in the size of the teeth, missing teeth, and then in orthodontists, too, it's really good to... Yeah, pediatric dentist is like the quarterback for these kids. Right. These kids are best treated by kind of a team approach with general dentists, their pediatrician, their specialists, and orthodontists, speech and language pathologists, um, to really 
kind of coordinate a whole team around them. And I know with uh, special needs, they can go past that 13, 14 years old Absolutely. that you were talking about. Absolutely. Right? Because only you, you could have an adult who has special needs and you're still treating them, correct? Mm -hmm. Because you're really the perfect person in their condition yes it's it's important you that, know them and yeah. you're able to treat their condition which then allows them to be taken care of in the best way possible correct? exactly and that's what you want yeah okay um you know this is the time of the year and we're actually recording this maybe what a few days before halloween, halloween. and stuff <laughs> like that and i know the one thing that everybody talks about is candy absolutely right so so let's talk about the time of the year because halloween thanksgiving and christmas those are the three that I used to look forward to because I got the most candy at that time. Exactly. Right? So talk to me about like what advice do you give parents around this time of year? Absolutely. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit here and we'll just start with some basic prevention principles and then we'll go into my, my spiel this time of year. We call them the candy holidays. <laughs> the candy uh, holidays, okay. So it, the most important thing is, is brushing and flossing. So we want to be brushing two times a day. We talked about the amount and the size of toothpaste that we want to be using in children. The most important time we want to brush is before we go to sleep at night. Get in there, brush. We want the parents to be brushing until the kid is six or seven years old. And I know that kind of sounds crazy to some parents out there, but you know, let the kid get in there and develop some autonomy and brush, and then say, okay, now mom and dad's turn. We're going to get in there and make sure we and make it fun. We're going to get wash away all these sugar bugs and you know make it fun. But um, the parent, the child doesn't really develop the dexterity to really thoroughly brush those teeth as well as an adult can uh, as efficiently as as they could. So brushing the most important time before they go to sleep at night, and it's okay if you if you're using the right amount of toothpaste to leave a little bit of that toothpaste on their teeth at night. So let them spit out most of the excess, and if you leave a little bit of the grit on the toothpaste on your teeth overnight, that's fine. Uh, the fluoride and the vitamins from the toothpaste will sit on the teeth overnight and act kind of like a prevention method. So and then flossing. So if you see if you can't see gum tissue or space in between teeth, if you see the teeth are really tight together, that's when you want to start flossing. And I recommend using, I call them the floss cheaters. It's just a little bit of floss at the end of the, the plastic stick, okay? They have fun ones, dinosaur-shaped ones. The, I'm sure they've got Paw Patrol ones now. That's the <laughs> Paw big Patrol thing. is huge. I have no idea what that is. Oh, you'll learn. No, no, I don't. soon. Here's, 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 here's something I'm realizing more and more. I can't relate to kids anymore, right? At Disney used to be my stuff. I used to love Disney, right? You know, Aladdin, Lion King Kids and stuff. still love Disney. It's not the same Disney that I grew up with. Like, I don't know what Paw Patrol is. And there was this, uh, there was another girl... Who was like a who was the veterinary for their doll or something like that? I don't know what the girl's Doc name is. Doc McStuffins. There it is. You see, you can see. Doc I have kids, McStuffins. Yeah. <laughs> I have never heard of this. I went to uh, Baby Saw Us and I see. I'm like, what is this little veterinary girl doing, right? And and I and then there's a TV show associated with it. So again, I I, I can't relate to this at all. Hence right. the there's still the classics. There's still the classic <laughs> Disney, but now there's right. there's Moana now. Okay. There's Frozen now. There's okay. Paw Patrol. I, I know Flo I know Frozen. Yeah. I just don't know McStuffins. You don't you don't know Moana. I don't know. You, you well, know no, Moana, Moana, I know, yeah. right? but not McStuffin, McMuffin, <laughs> whatever you called it. I don't know it. We'll, we'll check back in a, in, a, in, in, a, in a year and see. I'm sure <laughs> uh, well anyway, <laughs> you uh, talked so, about yeah. dexterity, meaning mm -hmm. that like the ability to actually hold the toothbrush properly. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend electric toothbrushes? Absolutely. So for two reasons. One is the electric toothbrush, even for us, you know, the electric toothbrush brush is much better than you can with a manu manual toothbrush. Even us, Dennis, we go to school for so long, learn about proper brushing techniques and everything. The electric toothbrush can brush so much better than we can with the manual toothbrush. The second reason I recommend that is it gets the children used to the sensation and the vibrations on their teeth with the same, uh, almost like electric toothbrush that we use to clean their teeth every six months. 
So they're used to the sensation and the vibration and something moving around their mouth, just like we're going to use when we see them for the cleaning. So it kind of desensitizes them to that when they come for the visit. So the brushing and the flossing would be the biggest prevention. And then right now, so the other thing I like to mention at my new patient visits is too, so we go over oral hygiene. So the brushing and the flossing. The second thing I like to hit on is diet. What I always recommend to my parents is to uh, check out this website. I actually printed it out for them. This guy is called The Dentist Dad. He's a pediatric dentist. He's got a couple of kids, and he lectures on prevention of cavities in children. We'll put the link up on the the show notes exactly. so that people can click on there because people are lazy now. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I think, <laughs> you can talk about it, but people will print it out. Awesome. It so it's great. Yeah, the dentistdad.com. It's called the Practical Tooth Snack Guide. Uh, I print it out and give it to all my patients. So he breaks it down into three categories. On the left in the blue column is you see snacks that won't cause cavities. And these are snacks such as raw and crunchy vegetables, leafy vegetables, cheese, nuts, meats, water, and eggs. So those are the big things that we see don't, don't tending to not cause cavities. Then there's a middle column in yellow, and these are also snacks that tend to not cause cavities. And that's whole milk, your fresh fruit, whole grain breads, popcorn, smoothies, dark chocolate, yogurt, Ice cream, not with a bunch of toppings on it. <laughs> and well, you uh, just ruined that for everybody. Okay. <laughs> I hope you're happy with yourself. <laughs> and then on the right, in the orange, you see these are snacks that we see tending to cause the most cavities. And that's your candies, your sodas, your juices, chocolate milks, cookies, fruit snacks, pretzels, crackers, sports drinks. There's also two things in this column that I like to talk to parents about, and that's oranges and bananas. So oranges and bananas are very healthy. I want your kids to have oranges. I want them to eat bananas, and that's fine. But eat them once a day and just be done with them. So oranges are very acidic, and they can eat away at your teeth. So eat your orange, be done with it, rinse with water afterwards, and you're going to be fine. Eat your banana, rinse with water afterwards, and be done with it. Just don't snack on oranges and bananas all day long. Bananas are really sticky, and they and then the sugar bugs and everything can stick to your teeth and end up causing cavities. That's crazy. Oh, that's I good. had no idea that bananas were right. the only reason, bad for your teeth. The first time this came up, this was a really funny story. Uh, my first dental interview for dental school out of college was at NYU. Okay. It was really early in the morning. I think I had to be there at like 6.30. I'm sitting in the waiting room. There's maybe 30 of us. And they called me back first. And it was my first interview. I hadn't had any experience yet with this. And I walk into the room. No introduction, no nothing. She goes, I'll always remember it. She goes, if I had to ask you what's worse for your tooth, would you say a chocolate bar or a banana, or you know, what's worth what's worse for causing cavities? And I knew the answer was going to be banana, but I didn't have a reason to back it up because I didn't know <laughs> anything yet. So I was like, "Dang it! This is my first question, first interview. I'm going right. to blow this." And uh, so I said chocolate bar. I said, "Listen, I'm going to say chocolate bar because I don't. I know the answer is banana, but I don't have a reason to back it up." Right. And so she's like, "You're right. It's, it's a banana. So it's, they're so sticky, and then everything else can stick to your teeth. So you know, eat your banana once a day, drink water afterwards, and it'll be fine. But I'll never forget that." Do you want to shame the person that asked you that question? <laughs> I don't even know. That's so kind of that's that's, 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 that's oh just a. Guess. That's a dick comment. So many years ago. <laughs> no, no, no yeah. shame them. Uh-huh. So continuing on with uh, diets, you know, there's a yeah. few other important tips that we have on here, yeah, and that's um, always try and take a sip of water after every meal or snack, and kind of rinse rinse everything out. You want to give your child four to six ounces, or four to six, I'm sorry, many meals a day, so they can have their main meals. But you know, kids like snacks. Give them a snack that's fine. Rinse with water afterwards, and make sure to brush well that night. So it's the disorganized eating and drinking that really can tend to cause cavities. And what I do is I always, when I see my patients for their recall visits or new patient exams, I draw out a straight line across a sheet of a paper. And I say, this is your mouth when it's healthy in the neutral zone, okay? And then we eat breakfast, and it drops down into the unhealthy kind of acidic sin. And that's when we see we have the carbs and the sugar from our breakfast and the acids from maybe our juices, and the sugar bugs are going crazy, and they're having a party, okay? But after breakfast, it's fine. We return to neutral. We return back to that baseline. 
our saliva comes in with protective factors, rinses our mouth out, we drink some water, and we return to healthy. We eat lunch, it drops down again. We have a snack, it drops down again. Dinner, it drops down again. But we always return to that healthy normal, okay? The problem is if you're constantly snacking, drinking on juice, or snacking on some of these bad snacks, your mouth doesn't have any time to recover. You can't get back to that baseline. So it's the disorganized drinking and the constant snacking or constant drinking of juice that keeps you down in that acidic zone and prevents your mouth from getting back to healthy, and then that's when you see a lot of cavities in children. So if you're going to give your child something bad, I was going to just give it at a mealtime. They're already getting attacked, and they're already going to be down in that uh, acidic zone where cavities can happen. So if you're going to have some juice or something bad, just give it at that time. So don't give juice uh, when you're going to bed or sporadically during yeah. the day. Yeah. And one thing that I know a lot of parents do is they give uh, milk for their, for their kids to go to bed with, mm-hmm. right, when they're little. So yeah. talk about that, and then that will kind of be the end of this, and, you know, we'll kind of Move finish forward. everything up. But talk about that. You so, know. yeah, that's, you know, it's called uh, milk bottle decay or, or something. There's a bunch of different names for it, and if you look it up, there's tons of pictures and stuff about it. And what that it, what they're referring to is cavities along the top four front teeth, top four to six teeth usually. And it's, it's, it's too common. And so that's another reason we want to get parents in here really young and educate them uh, before it happens. So what it is is the parents will put to sleep a child with a, a bottle of milk in their mouth, and the kid falls asleep, and the milk gets trapped under that upper lip right there, and that milk just eats away at those front four teeth really pretty quickly. Another thing is um, is the ad-lib breastfeeding throughout the night. If they get up and they feed a lot throughout the night, and then they don't wipe down those front teeth. So what we like to do is, is recommend you know letting your child have some milk, rinse out the teeth. You know I always tell parents, you know, I know it's tough. I'm here sitting here in this office telling them this is what I want you to do. But in reality, I know what's going on at the house. They're, they're, they're going to have to try to brush their teeth before the kid goes to sleep. I know Dr. is thinking no, about you're, this right now. And you're a guy. Yeah. You're telling the mom, listen, you just breastfed, which is a beautiful thing, right? And then you're going to sit here and tell them that's actually a bad thing for their teeth. Yeah, so it's so tough. So, you know, we want you, we want you to breastfeed. Breast milk is, is great and it's very healthy for the child. Uh, so I'm definitely not saying it, but it's tough to try and sit there and tell mom, oh, okay, and then brush your kid's teeth before he goes to sleep and make him angry and scream and cry when you're trying to get some sleep. So I always sit with there and I'm like, listen, I know this is hard. And my, I feel like my job's going to be easier once I do have some kids. Because my co-residents are like, listen. No, you your know, job's going to be easier. <laughs> no, you, you can relate. Exactly. I can relate. So yeah, sometimes I just want to make up these fake kids I have and be like, listen, you know, I know it's tough just from stories I hear from my friends with kids. But yeah, we just don't want that milk sitting on there. We do not want to put your child to sleep with a bottle of milk at night. I know it's tough. I know they're going to cry and not sleep for a couple of nights. But it's definitely we definitely want to avoid that. So the last three few things I, I, I mentioned in my new patient exam, we talked about the oral hygiene, the brushing and flossing. Now we talked about diet. Uh, I always talk about asthma. So if your kid's on a nebulizer breathing treatment, it's very common these days, or they have an inhaler, please rinse with water afterwards. I, I literally wish that the prescription on, on the inhaler or the nebulizer said, and then rinse with water. And that would be great if we could get that change to say that. Wow. Real quick, I, and this is that was yeah. awesome. Explain to us why asthma can lead to issues. Absolutely. So that medicine's really great in your lungs, but it's just not great on your teeth. So it dries out your mouth and it sticks to the teeth, and your saliva can't get in there and rinse it out fast enough as a protective factor. So you see, almost right away, I can look in a kid's mouth and be like, "Oh, he's on asthma." If I see these types of cavities on the the surfaces of the smooth surfaces of, of the teeth. So definitely rinse with water afterwards or get in there with a wet toothbrush and rinse that out. I have asthma myself. I take a puff of my inhaler. I rinse and spit with water and I go on my run or I go play basketball. But I, if I can tell parents that at a young age, especially these kids with you know breathing problems or really bad allergies and stuff, they're always on 
several different uh, asthma medications and um, nebulizer as well. And the last thing I mentioned is trauma. So we'd go over diet, oral hygiene, trauma, and uh, asthma. So the trauma, if the kid falls and smashes his face, you know, kids fall a lot. They say for every fall we see, there's 10 more that we don't see in, in our children. Mm -hmm. So we want to see your kid as soon as possible after trauma for two reasons. One, we want to see if there's any damage to the permanent teeth, and two, we want to see if we can save the, the baby tooth. So if you your kid does fall and cracks the tooth or gets pushed around, then we want to see them as soon as possible. I mean, and I think that's uh, good information for all parents. I, I've seen my daughter fall a couple <laughs> times, but hearing hearing that, I'm like, well, there's probably 10 times I didn't see. Thank God my daughter doesn't walk yet. <laughs> um, but, okay, real quick. I keep saying real quick, but this is so, this is this is really good. I know. We're going to have to do a part two of this. We're going to have, we have yeah. no choice. But <laughs> I'm happy to come back. I'm having fun with you guys. <laughs> no, for sure. So, so trauma. You said that, you know, talk to us. What would a parent need to do when the kid falls? You just had absolutely they fell. So you just fell. So what I tell my parents, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble as soon as this catches up to me, if I give them my cell phone number and I say, take a picture, <laughs> FaceTime me, whatever, and I can tell you if this is something I need to see you about today, or if I can wait until you know you could until you, you can come in here on your free time. But so there's a, trauma. It's so tough. It's something we go over in residency a lot. I wish we got more of it in dental school because trauma and permanent dentition is is just as serious, if not more. Um, okay. So and and so even my uh, my patients who are you know older and have they have their permanent front teeth, we go over the same things at every single visit. Uh, and trauma is just important with them. And so the sooner you treat the trauma, you can kind of set the parents' expectations up. Talk about all the different things that can happen uh, and what to kind of expect over the next coming months. But trauma is a, a tricky subject because you, you you never know you know you know which it can take it can go a couple of different ways but you don't know which way I've seen bad traumas and the kid's fine the tooth ends up being fine totally healthy and then some minor traumas and the tooth goes south on you quick so there's a lot of varying degrees it's a really tough subject but if we can educate the parent on what to expect things to look out for things to tell me about that they're experiencing then we can catch it early and try and save those teeth. So real quick, give me a summary of, uh, and I say this a lot. No, <laughs> I do. Quick, I know. Quick. I'm the one that's got to monitor counter. this. Right? <laughs> i got to monitor the time. and it's, it's really exciting here. But tell me, what should your kid just fell? Mm -hmm. What should, what should they do? For? What's the first thing you okay. should look for? So what should you do? If you see bleeding around the gum line, okay, mm -hmm. or a chip in the tooth, or if you see the tooth noticeably dislodged, so if it's pushed up upwards towards the permanent tooth that's developing up under the nose, if it's extruded and it's hanging out down, always look at the adjacent tooth, see if it's in a different position. If you see it cracked off, definitely just call your pediatric dentist and try to get in somewhere right away. We can take a picture, see if there's any damage to the permanent teeth. We can get a baseline image and some baseline testing. And then from there, we like to see them based on, we follow the uh, trauma guidelines, so dental trauma guide.org is a very important resource uh, for, we'll for general dentists. Well. we'll give the link. You um, have a lot of links that I have to give. No. <laughs> I'm starting to get tired of you giving up. Stop talking. <laughs> so these are these are researched, uh, well-defined guidelines for treating trauma in primary teeth or permanent teeth. And you could, we I follow that their exact protocol as the follow-up and when I want to test these teeth. But we want to get a baseline picture. And obviously, you know, sometimes these teeth need to be reset. Sometimes these teeth need root canals. Sometimes these teeth need splints. And so if we can do that, the sooner the better. The sooner we treat trauma, the better the prognosis and outcome is for the patient. So I would say if it was a pretty significant trauma, anything, even a little bleeding around the gums, just come in and see your pediatrician or take a picture. You know, it might be, hey, look, you're going to be fine. We'll see you in two weeks and we'll see you six weeks after that or something like that. We'll see you on this follow-up schedule. But at least come in. And, you know, the parents, when they come in, they're always so relieved. They're like, 
you know, the kids' chins bleeding, the kids crying, you know, we could talk to them, calm the mom down, say, listen, you know, this will be all right. We're going to take care of this and we're here to help you. And what, when the tooth comes out, what should they put the tooth in? Okay, so we get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would say milk, but that's the best thing. So we don't want to put it in water. We want to put it in milk. If you have some milk, and then go to the dentist as soon as possible. Definitely for an avulsion. I mean, the first hour is critical, you know. But you know, after hours, is it realistic to think that you and your dentist are both going to meet up at his office within an hour? Probably not, but if everything lined up, that would be a perfect world. But definitely put it in milk, call your dentist for an avulsion, and uh, try and see your dentist as soon as possible. We don't replant primary teeth, but permanent teeth we, we can attempt. During certain situations, there are ways to save those teeth. Wow. Wow, this has been good. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it, and I think this is the longest podcast we've had. I know. Because it's been full of so many uh, <laughs> information that I, I honestly believe that parents are going to be excited to hear. Uh, we definitely want to thank Dr. Jack for coming on board. Yes, uh, We yes. really appreciate your time. I know we're doing this on a Saturday, so this man came this in man on a Saturday. This man is busy. He gives out his, his personal cell phone number to patients. Yeah, I, I, would, I would never he, he's, got, he's got a patient already. I'm like, that, that, I, need to, I need my daughter needs to see him. We were driving here calling patients this morning. I'm <laughs> like, hold on. You see, to my yeah. girlfriend, I was like, oh, you got to call a couple of patients. Uh, <laughs> see, that's, that's, that's amazing. Real quick. I, I wouldn't do that. I do want to give a, a shout-out to my girlfriend. She's here supporting me today. She's the reason I'm out here in uh, Houston, Texas. She matched with a wonderful orthodontic residency program out here and she's a future orthodontist so uh thanks so much for having me guys this has been a, a great time yeah man no, we're, no, we're lucky no. hopefully she'll come on and then exactly. and educate us too one day exactly this is awesome <laughs> man. we'll make it almost like a family thing i'll summarize my spill before we get <laughs> Real here quick. so uh we want to talk about oral hygiene so brushing and flossing we want to talk about diet we want to talk about trauma we want to talk about asthma and we want to talk about habits so you know thumb sucking and pacifier sucking we really want to cut out by age three and then we also we check for crossbites and traumatic occlusion and things that we can treat and dental malocclusions. How do you manage? He just summed up the whole the, the 40 whole, minutes exactly in like 40 mm -hmm. seconds. So maybe we should have just done this all in 40 seconds <laughs> and called it a we day. We should have just did that and just cut it. That was it. <laughs> like, all right, Dr. Jack, thank you for coming in. It's 30 seconds later. You can go home. But no, we definitely appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll get all the links and everything up so that parents and myself and other dentists will know exactly how to properly treat kids because that's think I think that's one of the hardest things to do uh, is to make sure that kids are treated properly and going in the right direction. Absolutely, Definitely. that and the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry has their guidelines online, uh, so that's a very important research too for general dentists as well. That's right, and I know Dr. Jack is actually he has his practice. Uh, in Perryland. Perryland, Texas. So you definitely uh, check go, him out. Go check him out. Uh, I mean, he's a really, really good guy and uh, very, very well educated and well versed in everything he talks about. So we will leave it with that. Uh, we hope that you had a good uh, episode. We thank you again for <laughs> thank coming you so in. Much for having me. I learned, and again, if you want to get a hold of us, honestly, just email us and we'll go from there. And that's at real Dennis with an S at <laughs> gmail.com. That's real Dennis with an S at gmail.com. Thank you again, Dr. Jack. We appreciate you. Thank you guys All so right. much. All right.